From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF <laughs> making your home great. Along with uh, Brock Hammonds of Triangle Radiant Barrier. I was, I was playing around with it uh, the other weekend. Triangle Radiant Fragrances. Wouldn't that be a great company? <laughs> it, yeah, it would probably sell. Triangle Essential Fragrances. I don't know. Triangle Radiant Barrier. And, and he's the co-host of the show. And he's here every week. And here is Rhonda Benvy Plummer of Help Me Rhonda Interiors. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you today? How are things going? Just busy, busy. Is it really? It's busy. You know, there was a period of time when people were investing in their home to renovate because they weren't going to sell. Right. There's something about the real estate market. I didn't pay attention to it. How about now? Are people investing in their homes? Yes. They are? Very much so. Especially um, um, people who are nearing their retiring age and so forth. That's what I'm finding a lot. I have found out that I hear the same story over and over again. Why would I sell my house, my yeah. bigger house that yeah. I've lived in all my life that I love yeah. to go to a smaller house that costs more? Right. You right. know, so much per square footage or whatever. Yeah, I can make some money, but I don't have a mortgage hardly anymore. Right. So they're they're making it where they can age in place. So they might, you know, that might mean some remodeling. That and might mean adding on a master downstairs or putting an elevator in or, you know, whatever the case may be, but they're aging in place. I think mortgage interest rates also yes. have a lot to do. Absolutely. What's interesting is the feedback I get from a lot of my customers yep. that bought their house 10, 15 years ago, yep. financed at 3.2% exactly. or 2.7%. Yep. And yep. now, now, I mean, they're talking 7, 8% to refinance another house. So, I think they're realizing it's a better investment at this point to invest in the home you have, yep. bring it back up to modern standards, put your own spin on it, right. uh, and enjoy the the same place you've been for quite some time. Yeah, I'm what, seeing a lot of it. Yep. My mm-hmm. wife and I, you know, we considered moving again. <laughs> and, of course, this is a couple years after having said, as everybody does, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and then you do it the next year. And then yeah. you consider yeah. it. Well, you know, the grandkids move, and you maybe want to move again to be close to them. I'm stalking my granddaughters. Well, we looked, we talked to the bank. They said, yeah, you could, but you're going to take a bath mm-hmm. on this. So, okay, we're not. Um, that was the other thing about refinancing. Yeah. We're going to say, yeah, we want to stretch this mortgage out. Yeah, you can't do that, Mr. Alexander. That's not the way we, it works now. Mm-hmm. So what are people doing to their house, other than what you just said, putting in an elevator, which on my ranch, we considered it, <laughs> but then we yeah. rejected it. You know, so, it, you know, for the people who are thinking about aging in place, I guess yeah. it depends on their floor plan. Some people, you know, have enough property where, you know, if they're masters upstairs, yep. you know, they're just building a master suite downstairs, mm-hmm. right. right? So that they have complete living downstairs. Right. Some people have, you know, enough room or a place that they can put an elevator. You only need a five by five spot, you know, to put an elevator, really? you know, so they they can put an elevator with a few, you know, renovations or right. whatever, just to be able to get upstairs 
that's enough room if you happen to be in a wheelchair or whatever the case may be. Sure. Um, as far as people who are not concerned about aging in place, I would say definitely kitchens and bathrooms are still the hot commodities. That's the ones that everybody wants to update. and. Yeah. And for good reason, that's the one probably that gives you your most bang for your buck for return. Mm-hmm. You know, the the families, let's say the you know the husband and the wife have two kids. They have a third one on the way, right? Yeah. And they're wanting additional square footage. They have this big, wide-open attic space. Yep. Yeah. We're getting a lot of attic conversions. There's really? a lot of our customers that are reaching out right now. Hey, we're in the process. The framing has already been done. The electrical and plumbing rough-in will pass, and... Next couple of weeks, can you guys come out and give us an estimate is, to insulate is it? Is this possible? Oh, yeah. Depending on the floor plan, um, you know, if you already have a walk-up attic, which is actually very common here, yeah. I would say three or four out of ten yeah. of the houses we go to, there's a walk-up uh, stairwell into the attic. Yeah. Those are perfect to convert. Now, right. if you have a pull-down ladder yeah. or a pop-up hatch... That's going to be a little bit more difficult. Now you're going to want to have some sort of unimpeded access to to get up into the attic space. Mm -hmm. But for those of us that have a a walk-up attic, that's a lot of unused square footage up there. I'm getting ready to do one now that literally that that they have a 1,000 square feet that was not finished. Yeah. And it's like on the second floor. It's not even a walk-up. It's just like a a different wing on (laughs) on the house, right? You know, so I'm drawing that up. They want another bedroom, another, like, exercise room, bathroom. It's already plumbed and everything. It just, it wasn't finished, you know, at that particular uh, time when they were building the house. So, And you can help them do what, please? I can do all of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can get it done. I can get it done. In other words, you know, this is... Rhonda's not the one who, uh, when my dad would have me do something, right? Sometimes I'd get a little brother to do it, right? right? I would say, uh, don't worry, dad. He said, uh, get it done. That's uh, All right, I'll uh, ask Lenny to do it. And he says, no, 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 no. I'm asking you. I'm the one who's having it done, he says, Des, dad. Right. You're the one, that's the one phone call to Rhonda. You can make one phone call to me and I've I can get you all started and tell you exactly what you need to do. Yeah. And who needs to do it? Um I can do all your drawings for you. I can pick out all the things for you, yeah. go with you. So pretty much if it has to do with your house, I do it. Design. You, you yeah. can show me what it looks like before I pay all the money? Absolutely. I have a 3D program, so it, it just is in my little program, and you, it's like you're walking around in the space, well, just I'll, like you see on I'll HGTV. Like just like those yeah. people on HGTV. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need it animated. <laughs> I just want, you know, I don't need you to put the put the uh, the cabinets in, in 3D. It automatically in does motion. it. Does it? You're it right. Just it just automatically does it. As long it. as I yeah. see what they look like, right? I'm good with that. You see, most contractors, if we're still talking about a finished attic right. space, for example, yeah. most contractors will get up there and say, oh, "Okay, yeah, we can frame this in. Yeah. We insulate it. We'll run the electrical. Put it. You know, then you shoot up drywall." Yeah. Okay. Ron is going to come. No right. Ron is going to come in and say, "Okay, well, there's this is 1,200 square feet of attic space. You have two gable windows. Would yeah. you like any additional natural light? Ooh. Maybe we need to put in skylights. Yeah. Maybe yeah. don't put a wall right here because it would impede the sunlight coming from this direction. Those are the things that 99, I would say, percent of contractors they're not thinking about that. 
They're yeah. thinking about this is where a wall will be. This is how we're going to frame it in. We'll put the electrical here. She has the design right. aspect. Right. And she has the contractors that can do the work. Right. When I'm thinking about a space, I'm thinking about how the space is going to be used, just like he said, the lighting, how the furniture is going to lay out, where's the best door placement. Yeah. Do we have egress window in this space or are we going to have to add windows? What What's going to happen in this space? What's going to be the best layout? And you, have so, to, you have to have a window for every bedroom, am yes. I right? Yes. You do. Mm-hmm. It has to be where you can actually assess it. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, so, you know, I've been in attic spaces before where the window was way too high. Right. You know, so, yeah, got to get it down. Right? So it has to be where you can actually crawl out the window. Yeah. You know, so sometimes that's not thought through on a plan in with the hopes of being able to finish it off at another time. And that contractor who didn't know that. Yeah. He knows the framing code. Oh, right? he sure does. And he knows the electrical and the plumbing code, but he put the window in the wrong place because he doesn't right. understand those codes. No. Yeah. It's very important to have someone in design that understands, look, not only does it need to be done this way, but it has to be done this way for a reason. Because when that inspector comes out and fails it, <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Obviously, more money is going to have to go towards it to fix it, and they're normally going to charge a reinspection fee. So. Right. You want it done right the first go around. You don't want to keep taking shots in the dark until they pass it. And another thing that Brock just brought up too is the, is the money aspect of it. You know, you know, it, it's only a window, but it's a domino effect. Yeah. You know, you've got to fix the inside. You got to fix the outside. If you got brick, you got a whole nother, whole nother big deal. If it's a brick, you yep. don't have to do a window. You got to pray that they have the same brick. Right, and you sure. got to, you know, siding is not an issue. Siding's easy, yeah. But there's other cost involved if you have to move a, a window. So if if that wasn't taken into account when you got your quotes, you know, or whatever, you just got to know that mm-hmm. that's an additional add-on. Where I try to look at all of those things when I'm in there, you know. So this this particular one has the plumbing already, right. so that's a a big plus. So when I'm drawing it out, I'm trying to make it where I don't have to move that plumbing anymore, that it's right in that spot. Sure. You know, and so I'm looking at that. I'm looking at, okay, is their HVAC already here? Yeah. You know, if it isn't, guess what? <laughs> That's going to be a huge expense if yep. you've got to, like, I mean, you're adding on a 1,000 square feet. Chances are, unless that builder thought you were going to do that, your HVAC unit's not going to be big enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's a huge expense. Oh, no, no. Yeah. They, they got the black pipe that flexible black pipe just down the down the breezeway. <laughs> we'll just, right tie, there, we'll just tie into that. I'll just tie into that one. The, and the problem is, is there's a maximum amount my as HVAC a, could handle. That's right. You know, so is so is it going to be big enough? You know, that's that's the kind of thing is you know is where's the wiring? You know, in this yeah. empty space, is it going to be? You know, it's going to take a lot of electrical issues here, or is it just, you know, minimal? So I'm I'm looking at all of that so I can give them kind of an idea of what this project is going to cost. We cleared, not cleared, we finished off a bonus room in in the most rednecky kind of style. (laughs) We only had two electrical outlets, Mm. which as we, as it turned out, for a teenage girl, it's not enough. Not enough. She's got a lot and more. And it's not code either. It's not code? Oh, well. We put in a window. Right. Uh, poorly. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we hired a guy and put in a window. And uh, it was 
it was just a it was not the best job mm-hmm. it just was not the best job but it got done cheaply oh i can tell you the electrical the electrical that was the light for the outside light right the the electrical cord ran over the 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 rafters okay uh, over mm-hmm. the foot what do you call them yeah the floor joists or the ceiling joists floor joists yeah for the garage so i notched them the floor joists <laughs> now i'm told in later conversations with contractors that notching a floor joist is not good not a good idea it's not a good idea no. probably weaken the floor joist but how heavy is my daughter really yeah <laughs> really what's she no, gonna put it's up no here? big deal this it was just load bearing so no, we put a hole in it no big deal it was a very small hole just enough to get the electrical dumb dave yeah <laughs> well and what's what's funny is is most of the time it's because it's it's cheaper mm. right it's not done really correctly because it was the cheaper option. Yes. Well, yes. we all know, everyone who's sitting here knows how quickly five years passes. You yes. blink yes. and yes. you're five years down the road. Yes. Well, it might work now, but in five years, you're spending 50% to go back and fix it. It's the same dollar amount you would have spent originally to have it done, but at right. least now it's going to stand the test of time. There was no HVAC in that room because there was no HVAC in that room, and we weren't going to, you know spend money on it so my daughter as it turns out likes a cold bedroom mm-hmm. which is a good thing because it was really cold for a long time then we went to sell it and forget it we you know out of luck you <laughs> yeah. got to sell it to somebody whose teenage daughter likes a cold room right <laughs> that's a that's a rare thing now, how do you feel about mini splits if you're doing a, a full attic renovations a thousand square feet but it's an open concept yeah as opposed to multiple rooms which know, obviously would i know a lot of people use them i don't know a lot about them you know it's like mm, to me it seems you know, is there a problem with the exhaust of that? You know, mm. is there, you know, is there going to be repercussions? It's such a new thing. Are we going to come back and, and you know, 10 years from now, I'm saying, oh, my gosh, you got carbon monoxide poison and, or, you know, or something. Yeah. Right. I just don't know a lot about them. Yeah. I, we're getting a lot of customers now that are doing attic renovations. And, and, and this gets back to the contractor that knows design. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm talking to them. And they're saying, oh, we're going to have two bedrooms and a bathroom up here. And I'm like, great. What are you doing with your HVAC? They're oh, we're putting in a mini split. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that mounts on one wall. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. right. We're not getting airflow through all the rooms in here. If it was a big wide open attic, great. Okay. Right. If it's a big game room, right? Just right. one solid room. If you're comfortable with it being cold in one room and, and not cold in another. Right. And I think about like, you know, the humidity levels here in this area, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, is is it going to cause mold and mildew to, to breed, you know, in the walls, you know, and stuff like that? That's that's the part that bothers me, I think. I don't. I feel like you don't have that correct circulation with them. Hard to argue. There's not really a yeah. return. Right. I mean, so you're pumping conditioned air into the space, but right. there's not a return. Right. So, yeah, that's why I asked. I wanted to get your mm-hmm. feedback on that. All right. And they don't look good. No, they look like they belong in a hotel. Exactly. In most cases. They're they great do. for a garage. They do. Okay, if you want a conditioned garage, mini splits are great. Or, you know, if you have one little bedroom or something. But sure. If you're doing a full attic renovation, in most cases, yeah, it's you're, you're having to replace the unit you have currently sure. to a larger unit to accommodate the additional square footage. Okay. 
we are talking about renovating because Rhonda Benvy Plummer is here from uh, Help Me Rhonda Interiors. She can tell me, help you with the little things and the big things. She can start with one appliance, one toaster, <laughs> and build the room around it. Yes? Just, yes. 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 She likes to do that. I love it. All right. If you want to put her to the challenge, our number is 919-860-9783. This is Making Your Home Great on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. We are making your home great with Rhonda Bendy Flummer. Sorry, I flubbled, flubbled <laughs> over your name. You know what I did, Rhonda? What? I went to the to the drive-through, uh-huh. and I asked for a, a large coffee, and I heard from the speaker. <laughs> like Charlie Brown. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> and then we pulled forward. You know, we said, "Do you you don't have you don't have bagels?" <laughs> Is that yes or no? Okay, so I pulled up. I got my coffee, and I said, "Have a good day." And the guy said, "No kidding." <laughs> See, their speaker works just fine. The speaker works fine. The kid just didn't know how to speak. Oh no! All right, Rhonda Benvy Plummer of Helby Rhonda Interiors. Rock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Uh, Rhonda, you're on a show here talking design and color with two guys who don't know nothing about either. <laughs> we just, I, I admit, I don't know. I have a feeling that Brock's well-rounded. What do you think, Brock? Are you well-rounded? You know what? I know. I bless you for saying such. I just feel like he is. Like, like I feel like I'm well-rounded. I know yeah. a little bit about a lot. Yeah. And I feel like Brock's like that too. Yeah, I, I that, yeah. that's that's pretty fair. Yeah. I, I know that if if someone were to hire me to design them a, a space, mm. it's just it's just not going to be in the same category as as what Rhonda's <laughs> capable okay. of. Uh, she well, that's is good. A, I won't have that competition. Yeah, you. I am definitely not competing with you at all. You know, and I pass out any time one of my customers says, oh, we're struggling to find somebody to help yeah. us to design. I actually gave out your number to a customer this last week. They wanted to redo the kitchen and redo the, the living space downstairs. And he said, I need to find a designer, but I can't find anyone. It was just, well, it's, it's nice natural to, for me now. Oh, help me, Rhonda, interiors. Help me, Rhonda. Oh, look, I was going to say, it's nice of you to think of me, but I'm really not the right I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy. I'm saying I did the same thing for Brock. I have a client that's having issues in their crawl space, and I was like, I got the guy. See, now, I think of Brock as a rough carpenter. I don't know his carpentry skills, but I'm not having him build my kitchen cabinets. Say it's a B plus, I guess. Okay, B plus. I want an A. I want an A job. On the other hand, if I want cabinets in my kitchen or renovate the whole kitchen, I'm picking up the phone and calling Rhonda. Yes, as part of my team, I have a master carpenter. He can build anything, anything. He's awesome. And on your team, you Mm -hmm. also have people who enjoy picking up a 20-pound hammer and taking on a wall. The same same guy. (laughs) The same guy. If that's what's called upon. Yes. 
Okay. Yes. All right, because you couldn't call me for that. So, so what if somebody does want to take out a wall? I mean, what are the questions you need answered? So the first thing you do when somebody wants to take out a wall is call a structural engineer. Okay. The very first thing. That's yeah. right. Now, sometimes, yeah. you know, like my, my construction manager, he can, you know, if we, if the client's like, go ahead, we can put a, you know, a little hammer up in the wall and he can kind of look and see what's going on. Or <laughs> if there's attic space up at the top where you can kind of see, we yeah. kind of know, but you yeah. still always need to get a structural engineer involved. You just never know. This is just a good thing to do. You need to know whether it's load bearing, of mm-hmm. course. Yes. And if it is load bearing, people all the time give up on their projects because it's a load bearing wall. Should they? No, not necessarily because... You know, I've had them with their load bearing and we're able to, you know, put in the structural beams and, you know, everything's good. I've also yeah. had them where the beams weren't enough. We actually had to use columns. And so when when we did that, I just designed the columns into the island and it all worked out great. Sure. You know, so it looked more purposeful versus, oh, my gosh, I got to have this for support. And it looked like it was just columns standing out in the middle of the space. Yeah. And it, it always shocks mm-hmm. the homeowner when you explain to them, do you want an exposed beam or a non-exposed beam exactly. i don't want the beam and they at all. say oh i want it non-exposed and you're like okay that we're talking 14 additional thousand dollars no, to exactly. be able to do that and they're like never mind yeah. i would like an exposed beam that that would be just fine I'll, I'll and the thing is, is those exposed beams um especially in today's design they look great it's not a bad thing these sure. days the only time it's bad to me is when you got the shorter ceilings but if you have nine foot ten foot limit the beams can work really to our advantage yeah you know i've used them before like that because just like you said we had one that it was like a 20 foot run yeah. i mean for them to do anything would have cost i mean it would just it was ridiculous right so we were able to do you know a beam that was part of the design and you know some mm-hmm. of these houses you'll go into and, and you'll see the beam at the the, the vault right right at the mm-hmm. top of the vault of the ceiling and they just drywall it Right. Right. Yeah. You can do so much stuff to those. You can put cedar caps on them and make no. it look like it's a full cedar beam. Instead okay, of we'll, tape peeling. We'll yeah, talk right. more talk more about this in just a moment. Rhonda Benvy Plummer of Help Me Rhonda Interiors on Making Your Home Great. Making Your Home Great. FM ninety eight five AM six eighty WPTF. FM ninety eight five AM six eighty WPTF. That subject just came up. We gotta put it on the radio. <laughs> You never, I honestly, if I was a construction person, I would never want to work for an engineer. <laughs> yeah? It's funny. You, uh, I think, you know, I've been doing this for 28 years. Yes. I read people very well. Yeah. I kind of, you know, you, you learn people very well. You learn how they interact as a couple. Right. You just learn a lot. And you, I don't care if they're a structural engineer, civil engineer, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like if they are in the right profession, you learn really quick. And I, it, Brock just said, and I do the same thing. I'll go, are you an engineer? Yeah. And most of the time it's, yeah. How did you know? Yeah. I had a, had a time where I, I was working at a banquet place, and we didn't know how much coffee to put in the urn for the for the coffee. And I asked one of the participants, I said, well, hey, do you know, because it was a volunteer thing, and I was just doing it for them. How much coffee do I have to put in? He says, it's just six ounces per per 12-ounce cup. Yeah. I'm like, 
That doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> How many scoops is it? Engineers many... engineers can be very entertaining customers. And <laughs> and you know, we doing the, the, the work that we do fully encapsulating crawl spaces. Yeah. A lot of engineers are intrigued by that. So we uh, we actually have a great deal of our customers and our engineers. Yeah. Now, they don't come out and, and just say that, right? It's not like I knock on the door and they open the door and say, hi, I'm Jim the engineer. <laughs> no, but no. Within, a, within about six sentences into our first conversation, <laughs> I will look at them and say, you have an engineering background, don't you? Yeah. And they're almost like, yes. oh, yeah, how did you know that? Yeah, yeah. And that's Ron and I get a kick out of it because we, we can spot them from across the the room What's very the, easily how much how much uh, output does your machine have per square foot of the house <laughs> and they're doing the math in their head well they're always uh, just very um precise yes you know yes. they like things orderly and they're just very precise and accountant is kind of in that same yes. kind of yep. you know care very category much. you know whereas i will be the person in the restaurant um, straightening the pictures on the wall, and they're yeah. going to go, "Are you an interior designer?" And I'm going to be exactly like, right. uh, "How did you know?" So or I might go into the bathroom, and it looks really horrible. And I, and I have literally said it out loud to where somebody in the bathroom laughed. I was like, "This is the most horrible wallpaper I've ever <laughs> seen." <laughs> this, this belongs right. in the men's room, not yeah. the women's room. <laughs> uh, my now, my daughter is an accountant. Yes, and she and her boyfriend are accountants. And they are into what's called Scandinavian style. Right. Now, I bought her a picture, two pictures. One was Olaf Gustafsson, and the other one was Gustav Olafsson, the two Scandinavian guys. She said, Dad, that's not Scandinavian. I said, listen to their names again. What is Scandinavian style? Scandinavian style is minimalistic. Okay. It is very straight lines. Yeah. Um, the light, like almost blonde woods, very light and airy mm. and simplistic. Think IKEA. Yeah. yeah. Okay. IKEA is a Scandinavian company, right? So think just very clean, unique. It's usually very minimalistic, like not big furniture. You got a right? lot of metal. A lot of with metal. Wood. Light wood. It's usually very light wood. Squared you know? off. Squared, squared off. off. Yep. Very straight. Very minimalistic is the best word. You know, for it. It's modern. Right. It's a more modern look. I, I think of it as... And simplistic. Some of the 1960s radios sort of look Scandinavian to me. And of course, maybe that's not right. Some of the 70s stuff 70s. would be minimalistic. In other words, um, you know, the... You know, the very low tables that are very straight with yeah. very skinny legs. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. So some of the 70s styles was Scandinavian. You I know, hear that's, from the Scandinavian. that's coming back. It is I, so bad. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm hearing when that that's become very popular again. We're, we're bringing back uh, 70s uh, right. Right. design, and I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. I, I love that. A lot of that light wood is coming back. And, you know, I'm, when I tell you light wood, it's more like um, a white oak. Yeah. That is not left natural, but it, it's more on that blonde side versus the yellow side, okay. right? It's just that. If you, you know, look at any home magazines, Pinterest, you know, yeah. all of that, you're going to see a lot of that coming back in cabinetry, furniture, flooring is huge in flooring right now. The you know really? the light floors. Mm -hmm. 
What what else is big? The Scandinavians one style. I know the country farmhouse is one style that's huge. Farmhouse is still very big, yeah. but you know if you like, we just come back from market. I saw that. 70 style mixed yeah. with the farmhouse you've got different styles of farmhouse you've got the ones that are more industrial type mm. of farmhouse you know mm. where a lot of metals in it but still kind of modern lines yeah um then you've got the kind that is more like i think you describe your wife as that oh is really God. like farmy. farmy and then you've got the kind that is more like a modern farmhouse where it's still mixing a little bit of that scandinavian in but you also got a lot of textures and stuff going on oddly enough i could not get my wife into an actual farmhouse in an actual farmhouse, you drop a marble in the kitchen, and it ends up in the living room. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's gone all through all the bedrooms. Mm-hmm. It's just rolling. All right, nothing's even. Couldn't get her into that. Right. But we got her into a fresh, plum, suburban house, and she hung up signs that said farmhouse. Right, right. Which yes. it's not. No. <laughs> but she, Tr- but, she not. but that's what she likes. Our barn doors... The, the farmhouse style, is that something you would find, you know, the sliding barn doors going oh, yeah. from one room to another? They're very popular. Just, I think, what evolved with um, with barn doors is the concept of sliding doors. Right. You know, so now not only are they like rustic barn doors, you yeah. still have those, but you got modern farm sliding doors, right? right. But they're really not farm doors. They're more, you know modern looking like i've got one in my house because my house is kind of a modern farmhouse but i've got one that's very clean has glass in it you know like frosted glass on my bathroom door so i could allow more light to go through because we live in a 74 house that doesn't have a whole lot of windows so um, i wanted more light to go through but then you also have the type of sliding doors now that are temporary walls right right you know so Say you've got an open floor plan, yes, and later on you got, mm, I really need like an office with some quietness. They've got literally like glass walls that slide that you wow. can en- enclose that, and it comes to you know that ninety degree angle, and voila, you've got you an instant room. I've got some friends who have the most beautiful, freshly designed, just unbelievable house. And they've got either we call them packet or pocket doors. Mm-hmm. Pocket. What is the what is the right term? Pocket. Pocket. Mm-hmm. They slide out of the way. You don't know it's there. Right. And then you can slide them in place, and it's a closed door, and there's no exterior visibility. Right. Of that door, it can be a little bit of a pain. It can be a pain to engineer, yeah. but <laughs> Rhonda. That's your job. Exactly. I think the, the key to the pocket doors, and, and I agree, there's some places where you, you need them because you get too many doors going on, yeah. right? And yeah. so um, they have, like, pocket doors now that are, like, soft-closed drawers. Right. And those are a whole lot better. They don't seem to get stuck. So you can a, – a bar, I mean, a pocket door can get off track. Yeah. And you know what happens? If you can't get it back on track, you got to knock your whole wall out to get it fixed oh, you know well, because it's thing. in the wall but those sliding ones you know with the soft clothes yep. those are working really well they're you know you might pay a hundred dollars more for the door but it's worth every penny 
Sure. Yeah. I, I was going to say there's good ones and there's cheap ones. Yes. Uh, and, and if you're going to put in a pocket door, you do not do one of the cheap ones because right. she is correct. If it goes off rack, oh, you're going to spend three days trying to get it back on before you finally just throw your hands up and you have to pull the drywall down to get it back well, on. Well, you probably so. at that point have already like kicked the drywall right. in because <laughs> you're, so, you're so aggravated with it. <laughs> so we call it a Scandinavian. There's country. What else out there is big? I would say a little bit more modern style is coming to this area. And I think that is, you know, like uh, I think California style. And I think that's just because of the influx of people, sure, you know, that are coming in. Like, it's funny, I was, you know, I'm on the road all the time, you know, going to clients' houses and I'm, you know, seeing neighborhoods and I'm like seeing houses that are so modern, like even with flat roofs, you know, modern. And I'm like, wow, you know, that you don't see that much, you know, around here. So I feel like some of the modern stuff is is coming this way. Um, I saw some of it at market, but still it's it's kind of transitional still. Are the builders going to start building the the Brady home? The exterior of the Brady home was just beautiful. But it screamed 60s. Yeah, yeah the split level. <laughs> right, yeah. split level. Um, I don't see split levels coming no, back. Okay. I'm correct in a lot of split levels. Not, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say not new split levels. Exactly. We're seeing a lot of renovated, fully renovated yeah. split levels. Uh-huh. But no, I mean, even downtown Raleigh. You drive through downtown Raleigh and there are certain uh, streets yes. in downtown where these are, are squared off, flat roof, Ruth. box on a box. Uh, it looks um, outdoor like, parking garage. I mean, it's it's different. It, it almost looks like you know they've stacked freight containers on right. top of each other or yes. something. You know, it's just a box, right? But very modern looking. Think black, sure, wood tones, right. metals, enormous windows. Yeah, really big, like a lot of window. Yeah, um, and they're they're appealing. I think they're very clean. So if that person who likes that minimalistic, clean look, they're going to really like it. Yeah. I think yeah. the only thing that bothers me about it is a flat roof. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So if you don't mind you'd have to have ma- metal, I would think, to have a flat roof that would be good. I don't know. Uh, t- yeah, either metal or TPO mostly, yeah. uh, which is a commercial grade roofing material. That's that's most of the time what you'll run. And uh, the old school, you remember old school flat roofs were tar. Yes. And those were just absolutely awful. Were they really? Oh, I know roofers that will refuse it. You know, if you have a tarred roof, they're like, find somebody else. We're not interested. (laughs) Yeah. You have to pull it off. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. Getting all that up. And they they leak over time. That's the reason we've shifted from tar gravel roofs to to TPO, which is very expensive material. Rhonda, do you Mm -hmm. get into much exterior design? Yes, I do. So people might call me and... They just want a facelift on their outside. What can we do? Yeah. You know, what? what is easy to do? So there's, you know, like I just did one that it was brick. We painted the brick. Yeah. Um, they had like the white, round, traditional columns. We, you know, took okay. those off and, you know, put up wood ones, you know, just solid wood beams. Yes. Mm-hmm. Totally changed. They were getting new windows anyway. Right. So we put new windows in and just completely changed the look of that house. I mean, it went, you just, it was completely different. When I was a kid, I looked at brick homes and I thought they were so beautiful. Yeah. I was so against painting brick, but sometimes you have to. Yeah. Sometimes you have good. to move on from the Brady house. Yes. You know, with the brick fireplace. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are painting their fireplaces. A lot of people are painting brick for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Tanya's house that she sold mm-hmm. recently, right. uh, that was a 
I think it's 70s or 80s home, if I remember it was correctly. 70s, I think. But it was painted brick. Now, it was done mm-hmm. very, very well. Yeah. Okay. She, it, was, it was bright white. She had black trim, black gutters. It all tied in very well. So if it can be done properly, sure, uh, it, it, it does. It looks good. Right. Um, I've seen some that were not done properly. Well, and, it's it's all about your painter and the type of paint used as well. That's right. It's not just, okay, we're going to slap some paint on the brick. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a process to it to make it uh, look good and to make it hold up. You know, so, you know, there's power washing involved. you got to let the dry, brick dry, yeah. <laughs> you know. And you have to use a really good masonry paint. Right. And it's not cheap. It's not cheap paint. You got to use the really, really good stuff. But your house will look completely different. Yeah, I mean, sure. absolutely, completely different. That's good. That's good. All right. Our telephone number is nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Rhonda Benvy Plumber of Help Me Rhonda Interiors are here. Uh, is here, and so is Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier on making your home great on WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF just totally forgot to offer up food to you. <laughs> At WPTF, we have the the best listeners that that, that food can gather. <laughs> 919-860-9783 is our telephone number. If you've got a question for Rhonda Benvy Plummer of Help Me Rhonda Interiors or Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier, We'll be happy to feed you. The uh, High Park Bar and Grill gift certificate will be yours if you just dial those numbers, 919-860-9783. We've given out gift certificates for the least impressive questions. I don't want to call them idiotic questions, but they're least (laughs) impressive questions. Like, what color is a good color, Rhonda? Blue. Blue. Thank you very much. We're going to feed you. Got uh, What was it? About two months ago, we had a caller call in. They said, I'm calling in for the car. And you said, yeah. great. What's your question? They're like, I don't have a question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's always something you don't know about interior design. And Rhonda would be happy to straighten you out on it. 919-860-9783. Rhonda, everybody thinks they can do what you do. Right? Not me. (laughs) Um, I get a lot of calls that were like, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated. You know, I look at all these things and I think I'm going to do it. They show you what to do and I can't do it. Why can't I do it? I just need some help. You know, just people get frustrated. I think in the age of, you know, Instagram, you know, and and just, you just bombarded with so much information these days, right? Right. right. Um, And, you know, they might show you step by step, but everybody's home is different. Sure. You know, so you might look at that picture that that designer on Instagram that's showing you exactly what to do. But if your space is not, you know, meant for that, it's not going to look good. You know, so you got to know a little bit about it to even copy it. If I was a contractor and somebody showed me their Pinterest page. Right. Or a TikTok video or page 73 in the Magnolia Design (laughs) The Magnolia, the Gaines magazine, right? Right, uh-huh, Magnolia. Magnolia. Say, I want that. I would lose my mind. Because well, sometimes you can't give them that. Sometimes. They, I always tell my people, especially, 
I have a lot of people that are moving here that have nothing. Yeah. I mean, literally, they came with with nothing. So I don't know what their style is. I don't know what they like. And they try to describe right. it to me. And, you know, it's like different language, you know, sometimes. And so I always have them to look at, like, Pinterest house or whatever. I'm like... You know, show me some living rooms you like. Show me some yeah. bedrooms you like. Show me this. It it takes me five minutes yeah. going through those pictures to figure out what it is they like. It doesn't take point, me long. You've got people who are coming from California and are leaving all the stuff in California. They're just not moving it. It's not worth really? moving because it costs so much to move it. They're uh, like, I'm going to get new furniture. Right. You know, so they sell what they got, move out here and get all new. Wow. Mm-hmm. And they're going to buy some stuff here, mm-hmm. and you're going to help them buy some stuff. Right. Because I have, you know, I used to have the furniture store. So yeah. I have all the lines and all that. So I have everything. Well, tell me mm-hmm. what that means that you used to have the furniture store, but you still have the line. I still have the line. So, yeah. in other words, I still sell everything I did when I had the store. Exactly. Okay. So, right. you know, I have furniture, you know, upholstery lines, sofas, chairs, art. Uh, console tables, dining tables, bedroom suits, everything. Yeah. So I can help you find the perfect piece. When we're looking through this stuff, are you really anxious? Because I'll tell you what, you want to meet some anxious people? (laughs) You walk into a furniture showroom. I've never seen people so brittle in my life. (laughs) Is somebody helping you? Because I can help you. I really like helping you. I saw you look at that couch right there. Oh my yeah. gosh. I just looked at it because my wife's over there. I'm just sitting down. I looked at it before I sat down. Well, it is like a, a high pressure sales, probably yes. almost like car sales, right? So the good thing about, you know, with me is that we're all do- we're doing it in your home. Yeah. You're comfortable. I bring everything to you. I have all the fabric samples. I have all the wood samples. I have everything. So it's just coming. All right. We've got Don on the line. Don, I think in Don. How you doing, Don? I'm good, and you? Did I get your name in town right? My name is John, and I'm from Dunn, North Carolina. John from Dunn. Okay. Well, we we came close. How can we help you? You're on with Rhonda Benvy Plummer of Help Me Rhonda Interiors. And Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Well, I have a question. I, I I recently moved to the South, and I have a encapsulated uh, crawl space. Yes. Should they have sprayed where the rafters actually tie into the ring joist? Sprayed with sprayed with what? Spray foam. Uh, no. So, uh, well, excuse me, where your rafters tie into the rim joist. So your, your rim joist and your band boards, essentially. Yes. Um, it, you can, and, and you don't have to, <laughs> that's a, you can do one or the other. Yeah. Um, it, long story well, short, those who do not fill in the band boards and rim joists, uh, with the spray foam, for example, they normally have R19 up there. That's typically for termite inspections. Some homeowners do not want to fill in the rim joist and band boards with a product they would have to cut away in the event they ever needed to inspect the wood backing for termite damage. So, you know, my company, for example, we actually always offer the customer both options. And we explain we can seal your rim joist and band boards. The only downside is there's a good chance your termite company is going to be angry with you over that. 
or we can fill those in with R19 insulation to make it easier for for inspections. Does that make sense? That makes sense because I the question is is should I go up there and cut that out because I just recently moved into this house and we noticed that it was sprayed and we want to have a termite inspection and they did the termite inspection but they said they couldn't do it because of that. Right. So should should that be cut out? So that we can look for future termite damage. You know that's a that's a tough question. In my crawl space, for example, I put R19 up in those rim joists and band boards. Uh, they call them either sealed joist or non-sealed. Uh, so, it for peace of mind. Yeah. Um, I, it's not a bad idea. If you're able to remove that spray foam, uh, at least it gives you an area that you can then inspect. You just want to fill that cavity back in with an R19 uh, and an insulation hanger, so at least that exterior wall has some sort of insulation on it. So you, you would say maybe put something like Celotex in there or, or foam backing? You could. You could do that or standard R19 fiberglass. I don't like that fiberglass. Well, not many people do. <laughs> it's uh, it's the cheaper of the options. But if you go to our website at triangleradiantbarrier.com, we've got some photos uh, of a bunch of different types of installs, and you can see what kind of options are available to you. And if you need any assistance, we can always get out there and do that and, and help you out best we can. Well, John, John welcome to the South. Where did you move from? I moved from a, a little town called Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. That is All a right. different kind of cold up there. It is, it is totally <laughs> yes, different. It is. Well, as you probably learned, uh, you know, having, you know, backyard parties, there's there's two people in this world. There's people who seal up their band boards and, <laughs> and, and people flux, that don't. And flux capacitors, and then those, those who don't. All right, John, we're going to make you feel at home by giving you a gift certificate from High Park. Bar and Grill. Oh, that would be great. Uh, They are at Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh. Very good place. I've eaten there myself. They've got lots of great food. I would say fish fish and chips or fish and fries is absolutely the best I've had around. But you can get the... The $8 burger on Fridays and a lot more. So congratulations to you. Hang on, we'll get your information. Thank you, John. Thank you, sir. John from Dunn. The uh, telephone number here is eight nine eight. Uh, doesn't matter. We got about two minutes left in the show. <laughs> Rhonda, Rhonda, how can we get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me by calling nine one nine two six three nine zero five four. You can also go to helpmerondainteriors dot com. And you're willing to do what kind of projects? Anything. If they, ju- if they is just want broad. It, it's anything, anything to do with the home. If you want just paint colors, I can do that. If you yeah. want to remodel, I can do that. If you want new furniture and layout of, of space, I can do that. So pretty much anything that has to do with the home. It's about me. it's about who you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If a customer calls Rhonda and says, "Well, I need to I need to redo my roof here," Rhonda yeah. Yeah, knows yeah. roof works. Yeah. Right. Oh, we yeah. need crawl space work. Rhonda knows me. That's okay. Good. If it needs to be framed, Rhonda knows the framer. Rhonda right. knows everyone. <laughs> so instead of you trying to GC your own project, yes. maybe call her and she'll get you in contact with the people that can help. 28 years. That's right. And if somebody yeah. just wanted to paint their walls and were they got a big dispute in the family, 
She says, I am also a therapist. She says, <laughs> I want appropriate gray. And the other one says, no, I want I want comfortable gray. <laughs> They're arguing between the two. You can help negotiate. I can help negotiate. Like I said, a, a marriage therapist kind of goes along with being a designer these days. Help so. me, Rhonda, is a marital mediator. Yeah, there right, you go. We're good. Help me, Rhonda Interiors, on making your home great. From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. <laughs> I always enjoy it when Mr. Big Announcer uh, says, uh, you should look for a qualified professional. We might have one here. We got one here. In fact, Joel Worsham is here from Comfort First Heating and Cooling, and he's from the generator division, and he just spent, was it a week? A week, yes. In Wisconsin. Yes. At the generator training facility. Training facility. Yes. Which I got to think is the best group of guys, all sort of sort of masculine fellas, <laughs> learning about generators and talking generators and discussing generators. Yeah? Yeah. You get to meet a lot of people from around the world, uh, around the United States especially, that are doing the same industry uh trade that you're doing and and collaborating with them and yeah. seeing what they're what they're experiencing uh as far as power grid situations and uh you know we we here in the carolinas definitely experience i think uh, a little more inconsistencies than a lot of the people in other locations even in wisconsin i'd yeah. assume that's a big market uh actually it you know I was really in class with a bunch of people from South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota. Okay. Uh, in the Milwaukee area is where we were taking our, our training. Uh, the local instructors, uh, it depended on what power company they were they yeah. had as far as utility, depending on their power grid situation. Uh, it is an older, larger power grid, you know, so it's a, a little more established. But the demand is, is there, uh, yeah. and that's, that's what we're facing uh, across the United States is our load demand. Right. Yeah. And we, th this is, we don't even have to talk about, for instance, thunderstorms and high wind no. and tornadoes. No, not at all. Load demand. What do you mean by that? Well, we're not, we're not building power plants. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, we're, I we're, noticed. Tr we're trying to get into more and more solar. We're seeing them more and more across the board as far as solar farms and houses. Yeah. We're seeing power companies offer some type of um, financial plan to where they can actually use some of the power that you're producing if you have solar on your homes. Sure. Um, we're actually seeing battery storage, energy storage. Right. Yeah. That's a popular thing right now. That's something that we're getting uh, getting ready to gear up for to get into as well. Is power storage? Oh, you are. Yes. And okay. Good. Yeah. So that that's uh that really is more the efficient way if you're if you're in a situation where you have power outages just for a short term that may be something that you may want to go with is energy storage with battery backup versus a generator. But regardless, we're seeing generators now being put on homes that the power companies can have the ability to control. And turn on at certain times of the day to power up the grid, help help establish power in the grid. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Well, that's a whole know, new ball game that's going to. Yeah, that happen. is. I was thinking the other day we I, I start a company and totally totally put you all out of business. All I'm going to do is put trickle chargers and 12 volt batteries <laughs> in everybody's home. Yeah, well, that'll work. One thing that you're 
we're we're talking about low demand. We're talking about changing to LED lighting. You know, we've yeah. made that changes. Sure, we, we made to high efficiency HVAC systems. Uh, we're talking about peak time for for billing, non peak times. Um, but one thing that you're going to start seeing is is more of establishment of people putting generators in just to help not only them but the people yeah. around them. You know, this last week, I, I had uh, three or four different customers that brought me out to do an inspection on their property, typically crawl space or attic, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But I noticed what, what all of them had in common is, aside from the fact they all drove Teslas, mm-hmm. they all had the Tesla battery charging mm-hmm. systems, yeah. Yep. Yeah. they all had solar, yes. and they all had a whole house generator. Yeah. Because if you think about it, power goes down. Right. How you get in your car? You can't even get your car charged up for a oh, lot you, of these electric cars. Yeah, you got to have it. So it's almost, it's gotten to the point I'm noticing so many of these people that have electric cars yes. are, are pulling the trigger to put in a whole house generator. So if the power goes down, they're not stranded. Yeah. It kind of needs to go hand in hand. We're seeing electric cars, Teslas, yeah. whatever name brand. We're also putting an electrical demand on the power company because of those charging components. Right. So we're going to actually see some situations where where power companies in non-peak moments um start shutting the grid off and yeah we need those generators not only to keep our food cold and keep that water running and keep that sewer pump running but maybe to charge that car as well right there were a lot of places where you know it was total irony was saying we'll go ahead and buy an electric car because it's great for the environment Oh, yeah, and by the way, we're going to have rolling blackouts. <laughs> this was California. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we are, what we're seeing in California is going to be an establishment, I believe, in my personal perspective. You're going to see that kind of in this area as well eventually, at least by 2032. Rolling blackouts because we didn't, because yeah. we shut down the coal plants. Yeah, well, the largest generator market in America right now is Texas. Okay. Yeah. The second largest generator market now in, in the United States is still the Southeast, okay, right. which is us. Uh, but we're not, again, we're not producing any more power, but we're still populating the areas. Yes. And we're still going to have the same issues, but on a larger scale. And I think that Texas is a good example and the Southeast is a, another good example of areas where people are independent-minded, Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. They say, you know, I can't rely on the government. I can't rely on the and we the we don't think it. Right. Yeah. We don't think of Duke as the government, but you know, eh, they're kinda. Yeah. You know, the other thing that why Texas is such a large market in the generator market right now is because not only did they went through that major blackout power outage during that winter, but also their gas was shut off as well. Yeah. So the natural gas wasn't even flowing. So now you're seeing people put generators in that are on independent propane situations right. to get them through that moment. And then when the gas did get turned back on for natural gas, yeah. their bill was $1,200 yep. you know, to $1,800 just for that period of time because gas prices shot up so high. Wow. All right. Well, we had something the other night. I, I don't know which night it was, but three of the chairs on my porch – got knocked off and everybody in the neighborhood was telling me a story about that amazing thunderstorm which night was it that would be sunday night sunday Sunday night night. Sunday night. and that was a heavy storm it was it rained hard 
really hard. And I tell you what we did was yeah. we have monitoring systems on our generator. Yeah. On our generators across the state. And so Sunday night we saw certain areas get hit. Right. Of North Carolina. You know what we did Monday morning? We right. ran down there and put door hangers on people's doors that were still without power until 6 p.m. <laughs> Monday evening. So their power went out 9 p.m. Sunday night. Yeah. They were without power till 6 p.m. So that's one thing great about our our little network is we can see where things are going. You're marketing to the people who lost power. Sorry, well, sorry to be in your misery, but yeah, the people learn. Uh, you yeah. you would assume people would proactively do things, mm-hmm. but it's it's people's nature. Yes, to yeah. wait until an event affects them so much that they're like, okay, I'm never letting that happen again. Right now, I'm pulling the trigger to go ahead and get this installed. We All see right. it in any industry. It doesn't matter if it's oh yeah, crawl spaces, roofing, oh, roofing, yeah. mm-hmm. plumbing. Oh, I, I guess I should have took that plumbing pipe out that I've been slowly replacing right. a leak by leak by leak. And then all of a sudden right. you have a massive leak. You're at the beach and you come home, your house is under 12 inches of water. Mm-hmm. We all go through misery first before we make a change. That's human nature, unfortunately. Yes. And and I want to know why it is you know the lights went out in such neighborhoods, so, so many neighborhoods. Why do you know that? Why do you care? Because, you know, with these things are stand. They're standby generators, but they're hands-off. Right. So 99% of the generators that we install, it's it's an option. It's not necessarily a, a standard package, yeah. but we do offer it to customers, is we put monitoring devices on their generators. Yeah. These are external devices that we can actually see if the power is on, is the generator in good standing, is the generator exercising, is the generator running, is the house being powered by the generator, do we sure. have a low oil pressure problem, do we have a battery problem, is there some type of proactive problem that we can react to before in the, uh, of a situation. You have a dashboard for my generator at your location. I have a dashboard for all of our technicians. We have an app on our phone. Yeah. During business hours, we have a, a lady in the office that monitors dur- dur- during the business day. Yeah. Uh, after hours, me and some other senior technicians will actually get notification when Brock's losing power, right? I may not know exactly which house Brock's in, but yeah. I guarantee you I have a generator within two miles of Brock. So right. I know that neighborhood's gone down. Yeah. So we can see it. Who's buying these generators? Uh, everybody. Is it? It's just. It's not just rich people. No, it's every day. Most people are thinking of the future. Yeah. Okay. They're 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 understanding. We went through an event. We don't want to ever go through that event again. Yeah. That event could be whatever is important to them. It may not be the same for every person, but we're seeing it. It they're affordable. Uh, there's great. You know, even if you don't have the cash on hand, we have great financing options where this this installation, this process is minimal, um, and we're seeing it across the board. Now, majority, we do see majority of our customers are the older generations because they have some type of health care device that they're trying to maintain, obviously. Yes. yes. Uh, and it's harder for them to struggle through the outage versus a younger couple. Right. You know what I mean? But we're seeing on as many houses that are being built here in the Raleigh area, more and more homeowners that are, whether they're the first time home buyer or this is their dream home, or this is their second or third home or their transitional movers. They're thinking, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and purchase that generator and, and have it 
just right. in case. And it's not as expensive as you think. A lot of people hear about these generators, and they're not thinking about the finance option. Yeah. Well, the finance option in most cases is less than a couple hundred dollars a month. <laughs> exactly. I spend $80 a month just on our Hulu account mm-hmm. to be yeah. able to sit you down and watch d- television. You do? Well, what, what is terrible. My, it, my Hulu account is worthless if I have no power, no yeah. internet, nothing. We spend, well, think about what we spend on cellular phones. Yeah. And look where we were 20 years ago compared to what we were spending on cellular phones. If you kind of just put it in a perspective, a generator is not that much. Okay. All right. We're talking with Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling, and he is the expert on generators. We're going to talk with him for the balance of this hour. Also, Brock Emmons is here. I have a of Triangle Radiant Barrier, and I have a gift certificate, or actually two, or maybe three. I might have three left over Ooh. for a High Park Bar and Grill gift certificate $25 you could eat all day at high park well my wife and i had a really good lunch for less than $25 and we paid we paid the bill i don't want people to think i'm using the you don't get to eat for free no i don't use the, no <laughs> the listeners do here's the telephone number 919-860-9783 919-860-9783 you got a generator question we'd be happy to help you out here on making your home great fm 98.5 am 680 wptf fm 98.5 am 680 wptf making your home great we're on starting on one o'clock every uh, saturday afternoon on wptf brock emmons is here and Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling. Now, one of you guys had the opportunity to call the other. What was what was that all about, Brock? You know, it's about who you know, right? Yeah. And uh, Joel's company, Joel's head of the, the generator division. Sure. But they also do electrical, HVAC, and plumbing. Oh, yeah. Now, we have a customer that is, you know, one of many customers, but we have a customer that's moving in from California. And he is not living there yet, but he's paying us to go in and fully seal his crawl space. Oh, good. Well, that's a his is a very large crawl space, so it's going to end up taking four or five days to do. On day one, my guys noticed a small leak coming through a pipe that's bore out through the exterior wall of the crawl space. And I reached out to the homeowner, let them know, we have uncovered something you need to be made aware of. Do you have a plumber in the area? He said, no. Can you help me out? Well, I know Joel, yeah. so I reached out to Joel and said, hey, I need uh, somebody from your office that does plumbing. Could they reach out and, and get somebody out here? Yeah. Luckily, they were able to get out there, locate the leak, found out what caused it, got it all repaired and fixed. Uh, my guys had to suck out a bunch of water that it, it caused in the crawl space, but yeah. Yeah. it didn't delay. It didn't delay the, the, the progress of the job, uh, so we were very thankful that Joel was able to get his department to reach out as quickly as they, they were and uh, able to get the repair done as quickly as they did for a good price. As much as we talk about with Joel, the generator end, that's one division. That's one division. And you've got divisions for heating, mm-hmm. HVAC, the whole HVAC category. Yes. Electrical. Yes. And plumbing. So the electrical and the generators is my division. Right. Um, 
and then we also have a plumbing division, uh, and then we also have HVAC. We have uh, our our corporate office is is right off of US one in Sanford. And we sure. have seven other locations, uh, two in Charlotte, uh, one in Jacksonville, one in the Outer Banks, uh, one in Hickory. Right. Uh, we just we're opening an office in Winston Salem next month. That will be uh, fully operational. All the generators in the electrical division comes out of our corporate office in Sanford, so we can handle anything anywhere. We go wherever we need to go. All right. Now, in your corporate office mm-hmm. for the for the generator division, do you have a big brochure of of generators that you can order from? Or do you have the generators right there? We have most of every generator that we possibly need in our facility, in our warehouse. If by chance we have to custom make a, a, a generator to meet a certain need, we yeah. do order to make. And that would take a production. That's that's a very, very rare situation. Um, everything is fully stocked, fully functional. Usually by the time we, uh, say, close a deal with yeah. a customer – uh, go through any of the permitting processes that is required for that local jurisdiction. You're usually talking about a time frame from start to finish, ten to fifteen days. And it's it's always a sensitive subject mm-hmm. when we get together and talk, and somebody says inspection or zoning, mm-hmm. because you know what, you don't want to get those people angry. Well, that's part of the process is working with those people, right? And and getting and getting that through through you know, as easy as possible. Right. Um, it's not a, It's not up to the customer for us. It's not up to the customer to handle. We're, we're going to pull the permits. We're going to be very informative to the to the customer on, on yeah. what to expect through the installation. Um, most generator uh, projects not only um, need electrical inspection, but they're going to need a mechanical inspection for the gas line. Right. Whether that's done through us or is that done through the gas company, it doesn't matter to us. We'll we'll handle all that inspections. Some jurisdictions have, you know, zoning requirements. Right. Yeah. Some yeah. HOAs, most HOAs, have regulations of where to put that generator, and and that's kind of up to the homeowner to kind of let us know what that is because there's so many of them yeah. out there. Of course, we need to follow that. Yeah. But it's a seamless turnkey project. There's nothing here that I, I, I will tell you a story that I had. I, yeah. Go ahead. I had a customer that was a HVAC customer of ours. Yeah. They called me, uh, our office, and they had questions because they had a gas pack, a gas out, an exterior gas pack system. Yep. Sure. And they were having a generator installed at their house, not by us, by another company. Oh, boy. They didn't know we did generators, okay? And they're an H- they've been an HVAC customers for, for seven years. And he said, I'm just worried that is that going to affect my warranty on my gas pack because somebody else is messing with the gas line. Hmm. And I went through the process with him, spent about an hour on the phone with him. And he had no idea that he was going to have to have a gas meter upgrade. He had no idea that he was going to need power disconnection through his utility to get the generator installed. He had no idea that there were going to be two types of permits needing for this project. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, when you purchased that generator through that contractor, did any of that come up? And he said, no. And my next question is, I am spending an hour with you on the phone going over this, and I didn't sell this. I said, what will be your next phone call? 
<laughs> and he said, my next phone call is, why is it? Why am I having to find this out through you and not them? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's all about being up front and explaining every single detail to that customer. you got, you got to educate people. That's part of the radio show. That's our job. Educate yeah. and assist. Our, our job is to educate and assist. Yes. And as long as we take our job seriously yeah. and we are truthful with our customers and we guide them in the appropriate direction – you excel as a company. Yes. So I'm not sure why everyone doesn't have that approach, but a great deal of them do not. You know, it's human nature. It's easy to stand on the front porch of somebody's house and say, we're not going to make a mistake. We're not going to do this. We're not, you don't have to worry about it. We're sure. We're hundred percent right. perfect. Oh yeah. Okay? We've been doing this for years. That's not months. human nature. Everybody's going to do something sometime somewhere, yep. right? It's how you handle that situation and what securities and guarantees that you're giving that customer to give them the peace of mind that hey if some if we do stub our toe here i'm still mm-hmm. covered i'm that's why it's important to have a contractor that has fully color, fully covered workers comp employees uh vetted employees you know right trust who you're putting in that person's house are you putting somebody that's putting that customer at risk and their property at risk? It's right. important to have a certified person on that property that is for that task. Yeah. You know, you don't right. want Brock called me for a plumbing problem. Yeah. I didn't send a gas guy out there. Right. We sent a plumber out there. <laughs> that's a good. Thing. You know what I mean? A yeah. good a good plumber. Yeah. Very good plumber. All right. We're, we're going to pick up more with Joel Worsham. He's going to walk me through the process process starting with the phone call to to his company and then all the way through because you know there is a process and i'm guessing i mean you heard me hint at this a little while ago i'm guessing that whatever bottlenecks they are about installing this thing it's not with joel and the generator all right we'll talk more with joel this is making your home great FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Telephone lines are open 860-9783. You want to talk to Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling Generator Division or Brock Emmons of Triangle Radio Barrier. I'll feed you. I'll feed you if you just come up with a question. Now, Joel, somebody picks up the phone after today's show. They call. Do they get a real person? Yes. So they're going to call 919-777-1777. Yeah. There's going to be some prompts there. You just press generator installation. Yeah. Uh, Connor's going to pick up the phone. She's going to talk to you. She's going to book me out there. Okay. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do a site evaluation. And what I'm going to look at is first and foremost, I'm going to ask you what exactly are you wanting to have emergency power, standby power for Okay. What devices, what appliances, what is the reason? Yes. Then I'm going to look at the site. I'm going to do an electrical load calculation. That's going to determine the minimum generator size that we can do there for that purpose. Okay. That's an electrical engineered uh, certification that we have to submit with permitting and leave on site for the inspectors. Yeah. Um, And then we're going to look at the gas. We're going to size the gas piping. We're going to size the meter. We're going to see what size propane tank. Our generators only run on two two fuel sources. It's either going to be natural gas yeah. or it's going to be propane. Okay. Then I'm going to look at the site itself and determine where is 
the safest place to put the generator and why? Yeah. And then what is the best place for as far as convenience for the customer, right? I don't want to put the generator right outside the master bedroom window. I mean, some, sometimes Amen. that may be the only place we can put it. But I, I look at it as I got, a, I got an extra bedroom on this side of the house. That's the, that's the side we want, to, want it to put it. Right, put right. It, these things are gas combustion engines. And right. They're going to run 3,600 RPM. Some of, the, some of the larger generators are going to run 1,800 RPMs. Those are numbers to us. We can, you know, Brock can relate to that because of his automotive experience. We kind of know what that engine is going to sound like. Best way to relate that to a customer is it's, it's going to sound like a lawnmower. Lawnmower. Yeah, it's going to sound exactly. like a lawnmower, right? Mm-hmm. Most of your, your industrial zero-turn um, uh, lawnmowers have the same exact engine block setup that is in these generators because it's briggs and stratton well we use briggs and stratton generators right they have a briggs and stratton vanguard 993 engine in them right that briggs and stratton vanguard block is in multiple different john deere's some of the some of the john i just just bought a brand new john deere riding lawnmower and when i went down there zero turn yep and when i went down there the options Three or four of them were Briggs and Stratton motors. Now, the guy selling these didn't know that, but he's walking me through the engine, and I said, well, that's a Briggs motor. Yes. Uh, So some of these are Briggs motors. Some of them are, are, believe it or not, Kawasaki Kawasaki. V-twin motors, which is what I have in in mine. Mm -hmm. But I only did that because it was the bigger mower. I went with the larger unit. But they're they're good. They're dependable. I have a Ferris lawnmower, and it has a 37.5 horsepower Briggs and Stratton engine in it, which was the largest mower engine i could get in that that particular series of yep, mowers yeah, yep, but yeah. the reason i chose that because it's the same exact engine block engine setup as my generator so obviously mm-hmm. i can i can work on that very easily i'm familiar with it but it's engine reliability you know it's all about briggs and stratton has been making engines longer than anybody else that yeah. engine has been proven over and over and over in different applications that it can handle the duty load that we're asking it to handle okay mm-hmm. and then we know parts are readily available. We know that if we need something, we can have it sourced to us. If we don't already have it within 24 hours, that's different than other manufacturers out there. And we also know it's got the best warranty on the market that the customer doesn't have to pay or have an extended warranty to. It comes from the factory with the best warranty. So that's a value in itself. I don't, I don't have to buy an extra? You do not, there is no extended warranty for that particular. I don't, don't do that on the closing. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. we look at that. We look at the location. Um, you know, if you get into a larger liquid cool Briggs and Stratton engine, yeah. their engine blocks are basically Chevrolet Vortec V6 engines or Chevrolet Block 350. They're MCO, they're called Emco blocks. They're yep. Chevrolet blocks. Yep. But the three, you know, the 48 kW has a has a Chevrolet 350 block with a turbo cooler on it. So. Yeah, they're 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 not. It's not like these things are very quiet. These are engines. They they're, are they're engines. motors. Sure. But when the power is out and nobody in the neighborhood has any power, right? And you're running your generator. Your neighbor is going to be thinking, "Well, I want to go over there." Yeah. There, nobody's thinking about how loud the generator is. Now no, these things run weekly tests. Is that right? Yeah, Briggs and Stratton generators. Um, they're the they're like I said they're twenty six kW they're twenty kW that's standard what your two standard sizes would be for residential yeah. uh, they're the quietest generators on the market so they're not an annoying nuisance to the neighbors right they're going to exercise once a week 
for like five minutes. Right. Okay. And they're going to be in a very low RPM for the exercise because the exercise purpose is just strictly let's get the engine, let's see if it cranks, make sure the battery's charged, yeah. make sure that battery can turn the engine, and then we're going to lubricate the heads, right? right? And then we're going to shut down because we don't need to. The thing about engines with generators is you do not need, oops, sorry, you don't need to have a lot of runtime if you're not producing power, right? You want to you use that sure. runtime for power producing. They're going to exercise once a week. We we can see when it's exercising. We're getting a diagnostic. We can kind of see everything's going what it needs to go with. And then twice a year, these generators are Wisconsin engineered generators. Right. So they're going to exercise for 45 minutes on April the 1st and September the 1st. We can change that date a day or so default here and there. But the whole purpose of that is the engineers in Briggs and Stratton said, hey, we want to make sure these generators come in out of the – the winter freeze again. Right. These are uh, Wisconsin engineered products, so they're thinking about winter. Yeah, so they, they they want to come out and thaw those engines out, and then mm-hmm. of course they want to run those engines before their their winter seasons. Well, if you actually think about it here in the Carolinas, it's not much different. We want to make sure we run in 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 April the first, so yeah. we're ready for our spring season of storms and power outages, and then we want to run it again in September before the hurricane season gets here. Yeah. That's in full effect usually when it hits us. The truth is, these are set up, you say, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. The runtime, total runtime, total survivability of these machines mm-hmm. are in the hundreds or thousands of hours. Oh, absolutely. You can, so generator, if, let me make sure I, I'm really clear on this. Yeah. Let's say Brock has a house somewhere that is his hunting cabin right he doesn't have power he only hunts out there five or ten times a year takes his buddies out there his wife doesn't know a thing about it yeah and (laughs) and he just wants to have a generator out there to power up the system while he's there that weekend right that's a different generator altogether that's going to be a different warranty a different hours of 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 expectancy yeah okay uh now if we're on a house here and yes. you put a generator in is for a standby power. This is for when I lose power from utility, I've got something that's backing me up. Yeah. Okay. And you maintain this generator and you've sized it accordingly, not only for the demand of electrical load that you want to control, but the length of time that you're wanting that power outage is your average, your average length of time. This generator should run 20 years. Yep. With yeah. no issues. Yeah. Okay. With minor, if minor tune-ups here and there, right, and general maintenances, and maybe a little small part here and there, but we should be able to, that size. That's what size in the generator is all about. We see so many times, and I'll use this as a prime example: is I go out and do a load calculation, and I spend an hour and a half going through this site evaluation, and I have competitive bidders out there. I mean, obviously, people doing their due diligence and shopping. Sure. And they say, well, I had a generator guy out here. He was here thirty minutes. He said, I need this. I need this size generator. The first <laughs> yeah. thing I ask for the cu- the customer is, what was the gener- What was your uh, minimum electrical load? Yeah, I don't know. Right. Well, if they put that generator on too, it's too small to actually handle that sixty amp circuit that's going to that ten kW heat strip, and it's yeah. not load managed, and yeah. it's not calculated right. That generator is going to fault into some issues. It's going to have some major alarms coming down the way, or it's going to run really, really hard. Right. And you're just, you and I both know, you don't run your car really, 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 really hard. 
No, mm-hmm. no, no. You know, if you run your engine really, really hard, you're going to you're gonna do damage to that engine or do damage to that stator that's producing that electricity. Now, let me it's, just tell you, I got a four-cylinder car. It's got a speedometer that goes to 140. How's that going for you? No. <laughs> you can't get anywhere close to that. I, I'm, I, no. Yeah. I say no. Yeah. So if I ran it at 140 forever, right. you know, for d- down the Audubon, it would it would wear out sooner. You throw I don't want throw that. a rod through the crankcase at some yeah. point. Now, it, look, these are just like car as as he pointed out, car motors. Well, if your yeah. car's been parked in your driveway for eight weeks, you you know you, you have to go out there and start it. Yeah. Okay. You let it run for a few minutes. You're not racing it down the road. No. You're just starting the car, pumping the juices through it, pumping the oil through it, make sure everything is lubricated. Right. Then you turn it off. Now, some of these motors, in a car, for example, the last 10 years, you'll put 120,000 miles on it, 130,000 mm-hmm. miles on it. For a generator that has to kick on for, what, maybe three to six hours a year if you're lucky, yeah. you know, you might lose power once or twice that year. That's the reason that they're running these tests. Right. It's just to get the juices flowing, make sure everything is lubricated, and it should last a long time. And yes, it should absolutely. Pass, it should surpass the warranty by several years. Oh, yes? absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, if you're not getting the max value out of product, in other words, I, I had a customer tell me Thursday, um, bless his heart, he told me, he said, hey, I said, are you going getting a 10-year unit? And he said, no, I'm going to just get a five-year unit. I don't yeah. think I'll ever use it enough (laughs) okay i said but when you do need it and you do run it and you have an issue guess what if you're saying you're not using enough you're out of your warranty yep you're out of so you have nothing to fall back on and then you're going to pay for repair that's probably going to be at least one third of what you just paid for to have it installed sure which would have been about the price to just bring it up to a 10-year unit less than that yeah, yeah way less than that yeah you know so you got to look at the Look at the whole picture. Look at what services you're getting. Look what value you're getting as far as warranty. Look what product reliability. Look what is consecutively, consistently there as far as top production, top quality type units. Uh, I mean, you know, there's there's a few out there, and they're good. But you can, if you really look at the the bottom line, that's the reason we chose Briggs and Stratton. That's the reason we're partnered up with them. Right. I've you. I've called you. You size it for my house. Mm-hmm. You pick out the generator which you already own because you know your company knew that they would need generators next month. Also, that's right. So they got generators, and they say, "Okay, we're going to put them in." The, really, the slowdown might be in getting all these approvals, right? Yeah, that the the you know the red tape takes a little bit of time depending yeah. on what jurisdiction you're in some jurisdictions it's it's a 48 turnaround and some of them it's 10 days yeah the other slowdown that is a possibility or a hiccup or yeah. a, a fault to scheduling is mm-hmm. working with the power companies okay um you know some of your larger areas so for instance say southern raleigh okay sure. they're their power company may their workstation may be coming out of say Fuquay. Sure. Okay. And they may be booked up for four or five weeks because the power company's only allowing so many calls a day to do power disconnection and reconnection. Okay. Now let's say you go to a co op 
uh, let's say you go to Central Electric or Lumbee River or some co-op that's a, a smaller area, you could probably get a power disconnection scheduled within 48 hours. Pretty quickly. Pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. It and, all depends on the area. And you've got to do that. you got to shut the power off, connect your generator, and yeah. then have them shut the power on. Yeah, typically 90% of our jobs are like that. That yeah. is, that is a, you know, some power companies have that requirement. Sometimes you don't have to have the power cut off if there's a service disconnect in front of, you know, a main breaker that's already in front of mm-hmm. the transfer switch. You don't need to have that power disconnection. But if you are making the transfer switch, the transfer switch is the mechanism yeah. That is telling the generator, yeah. you've lost power with utility, turn on, and I'm assume power demand. Okay? The transfer switch is also the mechanism that says, okay, power company's back on, I'm going to cut the generator off yeah. and switch back. So that transfer switch needs to be in line of the, from the power incoming to your panel. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be the first thing, but it can be the first thing in line. I okay. would assume I would assume working with HOAs is uh, can be problematic. I, honestly, I have no problems with HOAs. I mean, I have never had a bad experience with most homeowners. The first fifteen minutes of my conversation, I ask them, "Do you have an HOA?" Yes. Yeah. yeah. Have you read the rules on where this generator location is? And they'll say either yes or they'll say, nope. I have no idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I say, well, let's go, get you, let's go get that and let's look at it. Or you can look at it and let me know, but this is my spot that I'm flagging. And I will flag that location. Right. I've only had one, one HOA in, in Cary, and it was because the HOA is in Florida. Ah. And they have, gosh, probably 100 subdivisions that they, they manage. Yeah. Uh, it took about six months to get them to, and that's also coming out of COVID. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming there was some logistics as far as people working. Yeah. Uh, it took a long time for us to get the approval. And, that, and that, again, that was in Cary. Most of my jurisdictions, the customers already have an idea of where they want it. And they say, well, that's where I want it. I've already got approval and, and, and rock and roll. And, ju- okay. and just so people know, this is not an ugly appliance Mm-mm. This essentially looks like another heating unit or well, a heat pump. I'm biased because I think it looks better than a you heat pump. Better to be, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's about the size of a trunk that you would sit at the end of your bed. Yeah, like a roll cooler. Yeah. It okay. almost kind of looks like Yeti a cooler. big Yeti cooler. Big Yeti cooler. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you would go deep sea fishing with yeah. or something. And in many cases, you're, it'll go behind the heat, the heat pump. And people won't see it from the road. Yeah, I mean, most standard applications is we try to, you know, put that mechanical appliances all together because aesthetically that looks good. Sure. One thing that is a common issue problem is if you have your local Joe electrical contractor put a generator in and he's putting the exhaust heat from that generator running on that compressor of that heat pump outside. You don't want that. You're doing more damage during a power outage than you know. And you will have a bad compressor go bad. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Okay. Because you're All putting right. heat on that compressor. Right. All right. We've entered the lightning round of the radio program where Dave asks his dumb questions. Dave's dumb questions include, how long is the rope on these generators? We'll ask that. We'll ask that. Forget the question. Just don't even think of the, don't even think of the question because you'll think, oh, gosh, yeah, how long is the rope? And how much do I have to pull? He said Briggs and Stratton, but it's not that kind. 
It's not that kind at all. It's a kickstart. You're gonna go out there and <laughs> kick, kick it like a yeah. kick, kick it like a motor like a motorcycle. All right. No, you don't. You will have that answer coming up in just a little bit, along with Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling and Generator Division and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Telephone number is still 919-860-9783 on Making Your Home Great. Making Your Home Great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling and the Generator Division, along with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. All right, the Dave's dumb question, how long are the ropes on these things? Oh, they're about 40 feet. No, there's no ropes. <laughs> these are automatic start, automatic shut off, power sensing generators. In other words, if, if the power is not there, it yeah. doesn't matter if you have solar. doesn't matter if you have solar with inverters. If if their power's not coming through the house, the generator's going to start automatic and shut off automatic. And if How? I don't have natural gas, yeah, that is, and I just I have no natural gas to my property. I'm all electric. That's yeah. when you would go over to a propane. Propane. Yeah, and we have great partnerships. I would call relationships with propane vendors. That here's the kicker: have yeah. tanks. Yeah, because tank shortage was real and still is, <laughs> and the propane vendors that we have. Uh, relationships with partners with i guess you would say reference to like brock talked about us yes with plumbing they have tanks available and they'll go in in any of the areas that we go so right we can turnkey it and people ought to know that you know getting a tank and getting it on your house is no big deal it's not you know people think oh my gosh i gotta get propane my property because i don't have natural gas it's no big deal. It's no big deal. However, yeah. there is certain uh, jurisdictions that require right. and only underground tanks. Okay. That's yeah. just one more significant step in that project is because now you're talking a different cost. Right. Right. And picture you had the, the non-experienced guy install your generator and yeah. it, it required below level uh tanks and he did not put them below level and you go to try to sell your house and a code inspector comes out and he's like well hold on now well no one told me yeah i thought it was okay for them to be here and that guy who installed it six years ago is long gone you're never gonna get him on the phone grab a shovel you gotta bury this big tank right when here's the thing that i love is i go to see an existing generator that they may call in wanting us to do a maintenance on sure and we go out there and they're on a well undersized propane tank Mm. Ah. and i asked the customer how's that going for you well we you know why what am i what's refill going on it. what am, well fill it all the time well is as you notice them that that tank started icing at the top yeah 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 it does and we always call the propane guy and uh he, he has to come out here and fill it up because the tank's too small yeah you're, you're putting too much pressure you know it's the vapor is is not changing over yeah it it's ices too small. at the top yeah, yeah. huh interesting well turn to a block of ice i got the big old tank next to the house of course we're in the we're in the country well size it to the demand yeah the key is you don't if you have gas there at your house which you sound like you do and you're getting a generator not only do we have to figure that demand for the existing appliances the on-demand water heater the hundred and twenty thousand btu furnace you've got to now add you know a three hundred thousand btu generator to it right so that tank needs to be minimum sized for that uh, those loads of appliances 
Okay, everybody who's sitting back and saying, gosh, that sounds complicated. No, it's not. It's simple. It's it's complicated for me. Right. It's maybe complicated for you. It's not complicated for Joel. He does this every day. Yeah, it's just back of my hand. Just I know what to do. Check check the box. Check the box. Run the numbers. All right. Sounds good. All right. How do we get in contact with you? Well, you can call our office at 919-777-1777. Ask to speak to Connor, yeah. and she will book myself out there today. If I call right now, eventually I'll get Connor? Yeah. She will She will be the one that's going to book our appointment. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Customer service They're is very responsive. Downhill. Like yeah. I said, they reached out to me very quickly. Very good. Brock Emmons, Triangle Radiant Barrier, your contact information. Uh, our website is triangleradiantbarrier.com, and our phone number is 919-986-8808. All right. I thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. We'll see you next week on Making Your Home Great on WPTF.